god. I think I finally get it. This beautiful, illustrious planet wasn't made to just sit inside and do some good old wholehearted thumb twiddling. No! It was made to be nurtured and protected and to be made better every single day. I think I finally get it. I think I finally found my calling. I found that I, shit. Hey y'all, Scott here in nature. What century is this? It totally slipped my mind that I have no sex waiting for me at home right now. The Nintendo Switch has officially launched and it's bringing with games to play like Zelda and menus. This is technically the first game console I ever bought at launch. So let's see how long it takes to disappoint. First, let's take a look at what comes with every Switch. On the top layer of the box, we are introduced to the left and right Joy-Con controllers and the Nintendo Switch itself. Picking up this layer reveals the extra bits being the HDMI cable, AC adapter, Joy-Con straps, Joy-Con grip, and the Nintendo Switch dock. Welcome to Console Overview Palooza! The Nintendo Switch console, looks-wise, is most akin to smaller 6-7 inch tablets such as the Amazon Fire and Nexus 7. On top of the unit is the power button, volume controls, a vent for when you're playing a system taxing round of 1-2 switch, headphone jack, and the game card slot. The back of the system includes a kickstand, and opening it up reveals the micro SD card slot for expanding storage. The kickstand is pretty weak. It'll only stay up on completely flat surfaces. Anything else like a bed, it'll just fall over. The stand does pop off, so that may explain why it feels a bit flimsy. This was more than likely done to avoid the kickstand breaking off if you would have put the system in the dock with the stand out. Also, you can't charge the system while in this mode, which is unfortunate as the USB-C port is on the bottom. This could have been avoided by having the charging port on top and having a separate connector on the bottom for when placing the system in the dock. That brings us to the front of the console, which is the 6.2-inch 720p screen. This may not sound impressive in 2017, but it is the physical embodiment of good enough. It looks absolutely fine, and for video games made for the big screen TV, you don't need a retina display. For a video game console, especially a Nintendo one, this screen looks wonderful. Coming from the Wii U gamepad and Nintendo 3DS, this is leagues better, and is in line with something like the PlayStation Vita screen, and everybody loves that thing. The battery life on this sucker won't blow any minds for sure, ranging from 2 to 6 hours. Definitely plan on bringing an external power bank if you intend on playing on the go for an extended period of time. The sides of the Switch are where the Joy-Con controllers are attached, and wouldn't you know my Switch came with them! Here we have the gray Joy-Con controllers, either that or my color blindness is even more severe than I initially thought. The Joy-Con have a ton of tech baked into them, and are some of the most versatile controllers ever conceived. The two of them together supply the player with all buttons most modern games use, but the neat thing about them is, they can be used as Wii Remote and Nunchuck-like motion controllers, a standard controller, or used on their side as two separate controllers. For two player games on the go, this is super convenient, as you can just bring the Switch with Joy-Con attached and you'll have everything you'll need for multiplayer. However, this setup isn't the most ideal in the world. The shoulder buttons in this mode are awful. They are super recessed and you have to really dig in to press them. Thankfully, the Joy-Con straps alleviate this problem by adding more height to the shoulder buttons while also adding a strap for more secure motion control. It's nice that there's a way to better the shoulder buttons, but I feel that the Joy-Con 2-player mode was primarily made with tabletop mode on the go in mind. Like, are you really going to bring your Nintendo Switch and Joy-Con straps along with you to places? If anything, you'd just bring the Switch and rough it out with the lame shoulder buttons. However, if the Joy-Con are all you have at home for two-player games, they work fine and actually are much better than you think. Even the right Joy-Con with the stick in the middle feels fine, it's just that these are more of an in-a-pinch configuration rather than an ideal one. The Joy-Con can be attached to the Joy-Con grip for a much more standard controller feel and I gotta say it does feel pretty solid. One potential issue pertaining to the Joy-Con and the grip is that the controller must be connected to the console to be charged. 
the Joy-Con grip that comes bundled with the console cannot charge them, so for that you're going to have to buy a separate Joy-Con grip for that functionality. I originally thought that this was way past dumb, but the Joy-Con have a battery life of 20 hours each. That means you're definitely not going to run out of juice during a normal play session as long as you connect the Joy-Con back to the console once you're done playing. And if you do play for 20 hours straight, you can always attach the controllers to the console and play in handheld mode for 2 hours before the system dies, and spend the last 2 hours of the day looking in the mirror asking yourself where it all went wrong. And by then, the controllers should be sufficiently charged enough to play some more, so on paper this seems to be a problem, but in use I don't really see it being too big of an issue at all really. One of the big features touted by the Joy-Con is HD Rumble. This enhanced version of controller vibration can replicate the feeling of action, such as balls moving around or ice cubes being put into a glass. In theory, it's pretty cool. In reality, it still is. It's just that I don't think it would fool anybody. 1-2-Switch's Ball Count minigame is the example I'm going to use because debatedly it's the best use so far, and it does a good job emulating what balls in the controller would feel like, but you can still tell it's just vibrations. Still cool and well done, it's just still obviously rumble. The bottom right of the Joy-Con controller has an IR camera that can detect different shapes and motions, and that's alright I guess. And the left Joy-Con houses a capture button to take screenshots in-game and eventually via a software update record video. This feature is ungodly quick and makes it crazy easy to just take pictures of whatever you're doing. The overall button and stick feel of the Joy-Con is pretty good, definitely more in line with the feeling of a 3DS than a Wii U as the buttons feel small and clicky. The sticks are also pretty small and don't have a huge degree of movement, however for use on the go, the these work fine. The buttons on the right Joy-Con are a tad bit too close to the bottom stick for my liking. I would have preferred a bit more wiggle room on the controllers to be honest, but overall I do like the Joy-Con, it feels like the Swiss Army knife of controllers. Sliding them into the system and grip are spookingly satisfying and were the primary way I played my Switch. But everything changed once my Pro Controller shipped. This is the Nintendo Switch Pro Controller. You see, I like the Joy-Con grip, but I love the Nintendo Switch Pro Controller. Everything about this controller feels wonderful. The buttons are all large and feel great. The sticks feel fluid and have a greater range than the Joy-Con, or at least it feels like it. And just the overall feel, texture, and shape of the controller makes it just ooze into my hands. It also supports HD rumble, amiibo, and includes a gyroscope, meaning that a bigger variety of games can support it compared to the Wii U and its Pro Controller. The only problem is that this sucker is $70. Listen, I have no complaints with this guy, but the Joy-Con grip works well enough, so you don't need the Pro Controller. It's awesome, but a little too pricey to call it a must-buy. However, if you vastly prefer the feel of a console controller to handheld controls, definitely consider the Pro Controller. However, one glaring issue I have with all controllers is the lack of a power button. You can't turn this thing on from your controllers, which was something the Wii was able to do. Kind of lame. Finally, let's cover the dock, which will be your gateway onto the TV. The back of the dock has this pretty neat compartment you open up to access the AC adapter, HDMI, and a USB port, meaning this leaves room for some pretty slick cable management. On the front, we also have two other USB ports, and that's really it. This thing is pretty small, and while you have to put it on the top of your entertainment center to slide the switch in, it also won't take up too much room. Putting the switch in is super slick and easy. Rarely do I ever have to jiggle the console around to find the connector. It usually finds 
finds its way in there itself. Swapping between console mode and handheld mode is basically instant, meaning you can juggle between the two with ease, or you can keep the Switch in the dock forever, or you can never use the dock at all. However, I think this is a poor use of resources. Me personally, if I didn't use the dock, I'd use it to hold all my excess napkins. Overall, the design of everything here looks great. Nintendo finally decided to ditch the glossy Fisher-Price designs and went for a more modern approach. Everything looks clean and elegant while also looking completely usable and comfortable. Mostly. Moving on to software, the Switch's OS is super quick, responsive, and snappy. It has a lot of smart features in it, like smart device communication, but a lot that's missing in questionable inclusions. Friend Code's got their groove back, everybody, and it's one of the biggest upsets of 2017 so far. Why are we here after the Wii U established a username system? Why doesn't the Switch save my credit card info on the eShop? Why is there no web browser or video apps? This is basically a tablet, it would be nice to have some basic tablet functions on the thing. Sadly, the Switch is pretty barren at launch in terms of applications, it's simply a games device right now. Of course, games are why you'd buy the thing, and let's be honest, if you have a Switch at launch, you already have a device to browse the web and watch Netflix on. It's just, those feel like they should come standard with a new system in 2017. It's not a huge deal, but it is noticeable and quite jarring. I like the feel of the OS, but this screams rush, not in terms of quality, but quantity. It just feels like Nintendo did the bare minimum here and shipped it out. Hopefully we get a steady stream of updates and in a year's time this won't be an issue. On the other side of software, the launch lineup here definitely exists, I'll give it that. But to be fair, on paper, while this isn't the best launch out there, let's be honest, no launches are. The PS4 launched with around 75% multi-platform games available on last generation hardware and most next gen or PS4 exclusive games reeked. Launches don't define a console, but I do say having Zelda here is a major bonus. Yeah, this game is on Wii U, but four people own that thing, so who cares? If only my copy of Zelda came shipped with the console, but don't worry, it's expected to come anytime now. It may not be a lot, but I feel that there's a good amount of variety here. Games like 1-2 Switch, Just Dance 2017, and Skylanders Imaginators are great family pleasers, Shovel Knight and Fast RMX are pretty stellar indie games, and then there are games like Snipper Clip, Super Bomberman R, and of course Zelda, which really appeal to Nintendo fans, and in Zelda's case, the hardcore gamer. It's just that a lot of these games are available elsewhere. There's not a ton of exclusive content you can't play anywhere else. Seeing how Shovel Knight, Skylanders Imaginators, and Just Dance 2017 are basically playable on air at this point makes the fact that they're on Switch not the most enticing thing in the world. In terms of how the games look, the Switch seems to be in between a Wii U and Xbox One in terms of power, which is fine because remember, this is the system. This is just a tablet and it can run games like Breath of the Wild, Skyrim, Mario Kart 8. It's pretty nuts. Even if a current gen game makes its way to the Switch and doesn't look as good as the PS4 version, the Switch version already has a pro to it, that being it's portable. I think many will look past graphical inferiority in favor of portability. By the way, check out these game boxes, these things look great! Also, the game cartridge screams, I'm wasting plastic and taste test worthy. When you get your Switch, give it a try, champ. But like I said, launches don't define a console, and there's already a lot of upcoming releases in March alone. Nintendo has detailed their lineup for the rest of the year, and so far looks stellar. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, ARMS, Splatoon 2, Super Mario Odyssey, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Fire Emblem Warriors, and more that just haven't been revealed yet. It's a good time to be a Nintendo fan. Is the Switch perfect? Obviously not, but it's a pretty neat piece of hardware that a ton of people are currently loving or intrigued by which is something the Wii U just didn't do. So far, the Switch shows promise. Promise to be something amazing by next year or year's end. I wanted to look at the Switch right now and also the potential it has in the future. Right now, I like it. The hardware has a lot going for it and the gimmick this time around actually resonates with people and won't completely cripple a game like the gamepad did with Star Fox Zero or Paper Mario Color Splash, for example. 
My main complaints lie within the shortcomings in every mode, with handheld modes battery life being subpar at best, console mode not having things like a power button on controllers and games like Zelda running better on the handheld, and tabletop mode having a lame kickstand and the Joy-Con on their sides having even lamer shoulder buttons. Not to mention the OS is ungodly limited. But the Switch has a stellar lineup coming up, and for a game console, I think that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter how powerful the system is, as long as it has games I want to play, I don't really care. Thusly, if I have to give the Nintendo Switch a score, I'll give it a solid 4.5 out of 6. And hey, Zelda Breath of the Wild finally came in, so I can finally open this box up and talk about what an amazing game it is on the Nintendo Switch.